Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. So good to be in the presence of the Lord tonight. And uh, we're going to go right into uh, our study. We're going to continue with our series that we began last week on the subject, The Power of Your Faith. The Power of Your Faith. And we are taking this from the many references that Jesus made to the faith of the people who received miracles from the Lord. Very important to understand that these people that received miracles were told directly by Jesus time after time that their faith made them whole. Their faith had made them whole. And so it's very important that we understand not only can their faith make them whole, but that your faith can make you whole, my faith can make my, myself whole. And, and the fact of the matter is, it is not simply faith for faith's sake, but we are having faith in the right person. We are having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Very important to understand that. Very important to understand that there is only one faith. You know, we quote the scripture, one Lord, and we believe in one God. How many believe in one God? Amen. We believe in one God. So the scripture says one Lord, but then the Bible says one faith. Amen. And we don't, we don't emphasize that as much, but, but we should because there is only one faith. I know we can talk about many faiths and what faith are you and what faith are they and and what faith do you practice? But the fact of the matter is, there is only one faith. And the faith that is in Jesus Christ is the faith that saves to the uttermost. By grace are you saved through faith. So this is a very important subject to be speaking about. Uh, the subject of faith. We understand that faith moves mountains. We understand that faith uh, is able to pluck up the sycamine tree. Uh, we talked about that last week. Those are two different uh, representations of spiritual forces. The mountain representing, it came in the context of Jesus explaining to his disciples why they were unable to cast out the devil. And, and he said, because this kind cometh not out but by prayer and by fasting. And he said, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, then you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into yonder place. And so faith has the ability to remove mountains of demonic proportions. Not only does faith have the ability to move mountains of demonic proportions, but faith has the ability to pluck up the sycamine tree. Jesus said this in the context of offense. When they were talking about offense, he said, don't be offended. He said, in fact, woe be to they through whom offenses come, and yet they will come. There's no way to stop offenses. Just don't be the person doing the offending. That's what Jesus said. And, but he said, but when they come, don't let them get a hold of you. Don't let them root themselves in your spirit. And that many times is a great challenge to the believer. It's very easy uh, in our carnal mind to be offended, and then to let that offense go deeper into our spirit and become a root of bitterness. And the Bible says when a root of bitterness gets down in you, uh, many are defiled. You know, bitter people defile many around them. There are many that are defiled. In fact, uh, children have been, have been affected by their parents' bitterness. Grandchildren have been affected by their grandparents' bitterness. You have been affected by your employer's bitterness at times and co-workers' bitterness. And they've been affected by your bitterness. And many are defiled when we allow bitterness to get into our spirit. But look what Jesus said. He said, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up. So not only can your faith move the unmovable object like a mountain, but your faith can get down deep under the surface where nobody can see and get down into the stuff that nobody knows is there and pluck it up and cast it into the sea. 
This is a powerful force, this power called faith. It is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And so when I speak to you about faith, I speak to you about one of the greatest subjects. Not the greatest. The greatest of these is love. But one of the greatest subjects in the word of the Lord. And it will edify your spirit. Amen. I'm thankful for the word of God. Amen. I had such a nice time in Palm Bay, Florida with our dear friends, the Myers. Pastor David Myers is no stranger, of course, to First Apostolic Church. They celebrated their 50th church anniversary. We uh, went down to be their guest speaker and had such a great time uh, celebrating with that wonderful congregation. But it is good to be home. And I'm so thankful Brother Duvall and Brother Tierney preached up a storm here on Sunday. Amen. Let's give God praise for that. That's, thank the Lord for that. Amen. We are so blessed at First Apostolic Church with powerful ministers of the word. Amen. I want to uh, begin tonight's subject. Last week we began our series talking about the role of faith as a gift. The gift of faith. Understanding that faith is given to us by God. And so it's not something that we have to feel like we fall short of. Like, oh man, if only I had more faith. You've got faith. Because God gave unto every man the measure of faith. All you have to do is receive that. So you have faith. And that is the knowledge that, that God has given it unto you. But tonight we're going to speak about faith in a different context. We're not necessarily speaking about faith uh, as a gift. Now that we've got it, now that we know we've got it, and we just have to embrace the fact that we've got it, now we can begin to unleash its power in our life and unleash its power into the lives of those around us. And, and so we're going to talk tonight about the fact that faith is not just a gift, but faith is a fruit of the Spirit. So this is unique about faith uh, because in the gifts of the Spirit, by gifts of the Spirit, I'm referring to the gift of healing, the gift of the working of miracles, the gift of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discernment of spirits, uh, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophecy, and uh, the gift of faith. You look at Galatians chapter 5, which is where we're headed. Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going, to, I'm going to read to you in verse 22 about the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So what's interesting about this passage and the passage in 1 Corinthians containing the gifts of the Spirit is that faith plays a dual role. Faith is the only gift of the Spirit that doubles as a fruit of the Spirit. And the only fruit of the Spirit that doubles as a gift of the Spirit. So faith is a gift and it is fruit. It is literally the gift that keeps on giving. Because it contains in it the necessary ingredients that qualify it to be a fruit of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. So let's, let's look then at what that means. First of all, let's remember what fruit is. Fruit is uh, a, uh, something that you eat. Fruit is something that you receive unto yourself, something that God gave, that God put into the earth, and God caused it to be self-duplicating. God caused it to be self-sustaining and allowed it to be moved upon by the forces of nature so that, so that fruit can continue to develop. And when somebody eats fruit, they're eating something very, very good for them. If you are trying to uh, hold your own as we come out of flu season and into allergy season, you cannot go wrong by eating fruit. Fruit is so helpful, uh, especially during 
uh, the cold winter months and through the, 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 the spring months and any time of the year, really, uh, there are fruits available. And it's important that you fortify your natural body with fruit. The reason is because fruit is a natural antioxidant. It's a natural antioxidant. So, so you can, you, eating kiwi, pineapple, mango, if you eat an apple a day, it keeps the doctor away. You just name it. You can't go wrong. You just need to have a healthy diet of fruit. It is important. It is an antioxidant that helps to fight off airborne viruses, stuff you can't see. Stuff you can't see in the atmosphere. And so many times we're so busy eating all the processed stuff, putting our hand into the cookie jar, if you please, eating the junk, the fake stuff. And can you see the spiritual parallels? Spiritually, we do the same thing. We have a healthy diet of stuff that isn't real, stuff that isn't good for us, stuff that, that, that is going to cause negative reactions in our body, whether now or down the road. And we just keep consuming it, keep consuming it, keep consuming it, and then wonder why we have spiritual ailments, spiritual maladies. But the Bible tells us that God gave us fruit of the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Ghost in us will generate fruit. That fruit is to be a part of us and to help protect us from these airborne viruses and these bacterium that can be so, so uh, harmful to us. Let's read about some of these viruses, if you please, because the Bible does talk about the viruses. Verse 19 of Galatians 5. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. And when he says such like, he means, and there's more, the list could go on. There's a lot that can fit into this category. These are works of the flesh. And notice what he says about them. And he's not just saying this is stuff that's not so good for you. Notice what he says about these works of the flesh. He said, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past. Now, are you ready for this? Listen to what he says. That they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. These are heaven and hell problems. And they stalk the believer. They stalk the human being. They are out to trip people up. There are spirits attached to these. These are promoted by principalities in our world. Culture has embraced these things. That's why there's so much in our culture that promotes idolatry, promotes witchcraft, promotes hatred, promotes adultery and fornication and uncleanness because these are the things that will destroy your soul. And you say, oh, and I, just, and I just won't practice idolatry and I just won't hate and I just... Well, you try with your human fleshly willpower to overcome these airborne viruses that you can't see. See, you think that it's just the, the topical, the surface-oriented problem, and it's not. There's a spirit behind every one of these things. And it's a, it's a sneaky, subtle spirit, a deceptive spirit. It's stuff you can breathe in and not even know you're breathing it in. It's atmospheric. It's environmental. It's, it's, it's all around you, and you don't know it's there, and you better not try to take those things on with fleshly means. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need the work of the Holy Ghost. You need the Spirit of the Lord to go before you and fight your battle. And the way that He does it is through the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is generated in you. And, and so how in the world do you overcome adultery? Well, the first fruit of the Spirit gives you victory over the first work of the flesh. 
The first work of the flesh out of Paul's mouth in Galatians 5 is adultery. And the first fruit of the Spirit out of Paul's mouth is love. If you will let the love of God, oh hallelujah, grow in your spirit, the love of God in your spirit will protect you from the sinful vice of adultery. This is how the fruit of the Spirit works. It's an antioxidant. You need to let this grow in you. Let this thrive inside of you. And you won't even have to try. Eventually, it, will be an, it, will, it won't be your second nature. It will be your full nature. You will be a partaker of His divine nature. Oh, hallelujah. So, so we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. This is how the fruit of the Spirit operates. And I bring that to your attention because that's, that's a very key component in understanding how faith operates. You know what separates fruits from vegetables is the fact that fruit contains its seed. Fruit has the seed in it. This is a fun little fact. A fruit that has seed on the outside is a strawberry. I don't know why I put that in there, but just <laughs> thought it was interesting. But fruit has seed in it, like, you know, kiwi. And, and, and if you look close, even in a banana, it's, it's, it's little, but it's in there. And there's apple seeds and orange seeds. And there are some uh, fruits that we think are vegetables, and they're not because they have seed. And that's how you know if they're a fruit or a vegetable. I, you, you can say tomato and somebody else can say tomato all you want. But a, a tomato is a fruit because it has seed in it. Cucumbers, cucumbers are fruit because they have seed in it. Squash and zucchini, fruit because it has seed in it. And so, so these, are, these are fruits because it contains the seed. That's exactly how the fruit of the Spirit operates. The fruit of the Spirit contains the seed. Right. Now, we're getting ready to go deeper into, into the seed, but, but let me just talk about this for just a moment. The seed, we understand this from the parables of Jesus. The seed is the Word of God. The fruit that grows inside of you of the Spirit contains the Word of God. So when you show forth the fruit of the Spirit and when you feed others with the fruit of the Spirit, then you are preaching the Word. You are sowing seed into their life. When you show patience, you're preaching the Word. When you exercise faith, you're preaching the Word. When you demonstrate love, you are preaching the word. You are sowing the seed. The fruit of the Spirit contains the seed, which is the word of God. Now, now let me say this. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, the reason that you and I have the fruit of the Spirit uh, growing in us, and, and, and it's, it's supposed, we're supposed to be fruitful. Did you know Jesus said if we're not fruitful, he will pluck us out of the tree? Cast us into the fire. And, I, and, and so you ask yourself, what is fruitful? And, and we think, well, man, am I fruitful? I don't know if I'm fruitful. Uh, I don't know how much fruit. I, well, well, first, got to know what fruit is. And here it is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Are you letting that stuff grow in you? Is that stuff growing in you? Are you letting the Word of God come into you and letting the sunshine of his presence and the rainfall of his presence cause that fruit to grow inside of you and allowing love and joy and peace. Are you more gentle than you used to be? Are you more joyful than you used to be? Are you more peaceful than you used to be? Or are you deteriorating? Are you going backwards or backsliding? This fruit has got to be in you and abound. 
And you can't force it. You can't legislate fruit. You can't, you can't go out to your garden and just yell at it and, and kick dirt on it and, 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 and try to guilt it or intimidate it into becoming better fruit. You have to submit it and subject it and surrender it to the process that produces fruit. One plants, one waters. God gives the increase. That's the process. That's the process. That's why we come to church and we receive the word of God. That's why we wake up in the morning and we read the word of God. That's why we pray the word of God. That's why we sing the word of God. That's why we surround our mind with the word of God. And that's why we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's why we're thankful unto him, blessing his name. That's why we rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is all cultivating the fruit fruit of the spirit that's why you can that's why you can walk into the prayer room grumpy just all out grumpy and spend some time in the presence of God and you don't even know how it happened but peace grew while you were in there you don't even know how it happened but joy grew while you were in his presence I'll tell you exactly what happened you subjected the seed of the word of God that was planted in your heart to the presence of the Lord and photosynthesis took its course. And the fruit grew. You don't even have to try. All you got to do is surrender it to the process. Just let the word come in. Let the word be saturated by his presence. And then let the faith grow and let the love grow and let the peace grow and let the gentleness grow. And, and keep doing that. Keep doing that. And you become fruitful. Fruitful, which is a fancy way of saying full of fruit. So, why are we full of fruit? We are full of fruit because of the hungry people we encounter. That's why we're full of fruit. You, you do know that's why we're full of fruit. We're not full of fruit so that we can have all this beautiful fruit hanging off our limbs. Walking around and, and having folks ooh and awe ah at how peaceful we are. Oh, aren't they just the most gentle person I've ever met? Aren't they the, the most, uh, I don't know, joyous person I've ever met? That's great if somebody says that. Thank you, Jesus. But we're not, we're not wearing plastic fruit. You know, plastic fruit can look better than real fruit. I was in Bob Evans uh, one day, and I was looking at the mural on their wall, or the picture, I guess, on their wall. And, and it was, it, they were showing, you know, down at the farm and had a big bushel of apples. And I was looking at those apples and they were so real looking. It actually made me feel good about eating there. I was like, you know what? Those are real apples. They had like little nicks and like the kind of apples you'd want to pick off a tree. You know, how you find them sometimes in the produce section. Just, they just don't look real. You think it's a candy apple and it's not. It's so glossed over, it's so shiny, it's so perfectly shaped because it's been falsely manufactured. And that many times is the way we try to do with the fruit of the Spirit. When I talk about the fruit of the Spirit, I'm not talking about a fake smile. I'm talking about real joy. I'm not, I'm not talking about just, just keep your head down and smile when people talk to you and just stay in your lane. I'm talking about real peace. I'm not talking about leniency for leniency's sake to avoid conflict. I'm talking about real gentleness that comes from the Holy Ghost. That's fruit of the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise God. Praise God. And, and, and so, it, yeah, it's a little nicked sometimes. It can be a little scratched sometimes. It can, it can look a little rough around the edges. But, but it will feed the hungry. And you better know there's some hungry people you're going to encounter in this life. You better know there's going to be some people that you encounter that are craving the love of God. Hallelujah. I wonder how many people you encountered today that were so hungry for the love of God. So hungry for peace. So hungry for gentleness. So hungry for goodness. I remember... I, um, I, was, I was meeting my dad one day. Uh, I met him uh, about a year or two ago to uh, 
we decided we were going to play a little game of golf. And, and so I, I met him there. And uh, I was running a few minutes late. I know that you can't imagine that, but I was just a few minutes late. And I, I called him. I said, Dad, I'm running a little behind schedule. And he said, well, he said, that's okay. He said, just I'll meet you at, I'll meet you at the tee box at the first hole. And he said, I'll go ahead and pay for, for it. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'll pay you back. He said, that's, that's fine, you know. So, so we, I pull in, and I go into the clubhouse, and I said to the man behind the cash register, I said, um, yes, I said, I just need to, to uh, meet my, uh, my team there on hole one there. And I said, um, and I believe that it's already paid for. And he said, oh, it's not paid for. I said, oh, okay. I said, I was, I was fairly certain that he had paid for it. Uh, he said, no, no, he didn't. And looked at me like, eh, don't you try to pull a fast one either. I know exactly what you're up to. And I was like, okay, I'll pay for the, I'll pay for the golf. And so I paid, and I went out, and we started golfing. And ha about halfway down the fairway, I said, hey, Dad, just out of curiosity, did you, did you pay for this round? He said, yeah, I paid for you. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, there's been some... Some oversight. I said, they didn't uh, catch that, and so I paid too. I said, we'll just work it out. We'll work it out later. I got to about the third or fourth hole, and here came the man from behind the counter on a golf cart racing out to me. He said, sir, I apologize. He said, I thought you were with a different group altogether. He said, that was my mistake. You were paid for. Here's your reimbursement. I said, oh, it's, it's no big deal, and I, I, I accepted it, and I put it in my pocket, and I said, thank you very much, and, I, and we were about ready to, to move on, and he said, you know what, before I go, let me just tell you, he said, thank you for your kindness. I didn't think anything of it, but he said, thank you for your kindness. He said, a lot of people wouldn't be kind about something like that, and you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm glad that the Holy Ghost you know, that's what the Holy Ghost will do. The Holy Ghost will just, just it'll remove the angst from your mind. It'll just remove the angst from your spirit. Just, it'll just make you feel like uh, the Lord will work. When you start learning that the Lord will fight your battles, you'll be a lot more at peace about things that don't look like they're going your way. God will fight my battles. I don't have to get all up in arms about things I used to get so frustrated about. And so, so this is something that what, what that what that does for the unbeliever is it feeds them by the fruit of the Spirit. So that's what the fruit of the Spirit does. So he needed some love that day. He needed some peace. That He needed some goodness that day. And so God allowed fruit from a Spirit-filled believer to feed somebody who was hungry. And this world is starving for goodness, starving for peace, starving for joy. Let God feed them through you, through the fruit that he will generate through you. Amen. And so that is what faith is. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit. It comes into you because the seed, which is the Word of God, is planted into your spirit. And you then water that seed. You water that seed with tears of repentance. You water that seed with, with prayers of belief. And you water that seed with praise and with worship of God. Oh, hallelujah. It is so important to submit yourself to the preaching of the word of God. I'm going to say that again. It is so important to submit yourself to the preaching of the word of God. It is so important. And I, uh, I just, I, I can't emphasize that enough. Something happens when the word of God is declared. The Bible says that God hath chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The foolishness of preaching is there to save them that believe. And if we will surrender ourselves to the teaching of God's word and to the preaching of God's word and even receive it if it's what the Bible says. You know, some people take the Bible literally until the Bible literally disagrees with them. 
And then it's all figurative and uh, metaphoric and uh, allegorical. But, but, but the Bible means what it says. And, and we need to let the word of God be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and correct us. Don't just read the word of God for encouragement. Read it for correction. Hallelujah. I mean, there are going to be some days you read it and it's going to make you want to run through a troop, leap over a wall and go, you know, take, take the next army nearby. But, but there are going to be other days where it's, going to just, it's just going to prick your heart. And it's going to put a mirror in front of you and say, change this. Change it now. And you've got to let the word of God be the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I've often, I've often, and I have to check myself on this. When I, I've, I've told people that when, the moment that you think, oh, I hope so-and-so's listening to this. That's your cue. It's for you. Oh, I sure hope brother so-and-so made it tonight. It's not for brother so-and-so. It's for you, and it's for him too. But it's for you. It's for you. Let the word of God feed you. And when that seed enters your spirit, hallelujah, then you can water it. Oh, God. Let's, let's look into the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 13. Because the Bible describes some things here that I think are very important for us to understand. When the word of God is sown like a seed into our spirit. Amen. I'm, I'm not going to be much longer, but I want to take just a few moments here and, and just uh, nail some things down about faith and how faith can be a fruit of the Spirit in your life. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, 13. Okay, so here's how the Word of God, here's how the Word of God is, is imparted and sown into our spirits. Verse 3. Jesus spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. When he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. And then he says what, what, what he says oftentimes in, in teaching who hath ears to hear, let him hear. The disciples then asked him, why do you speak in parables? And he explains why he speaks in parables. We're not going to cover that tonight. But in verse 16, he's going to explain this parable. And he said uh, in uh, verse 16, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. In other words, you've surrendered your eyes and ears to God. And so you understand what I'm teaching. And so I'm going to give you in plain language, what the parable of the sower is all about. In verse 18, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that receives seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Now this is a little different. This is somebody who got the word, and they're shouting about it. With joy they receive it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word by and by, he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he become unfruitful. Verse 23, but he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth the word and also beareth fruit 
and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. I want to break up this fallow ground and let it be the good ground upon which the word of God can take root. Glory to God. That's what we do when we say, prepare my heart, Lord, to receive your word. Prepare my heart to receive your word. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Wash me. Purify my spirit. Purify my mind. Purify my heart. I don't want anything to prevent the word of God from causing me to be fruitful with it. I want to clear out the thorns. I want to clear out the thorns that would choke the word of God. And I want to, I want to, I want to prevent there from being any kind of a wayside tendency within me. I don't want to be on the perimeter. I want this to be good, fertile ground. I don't want it to be shallow with no depth, no ability to take root. I want good, fertile ground in my spirit. We'll break up the fallow ground. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Prayer and the word. Prayer and the word. That open heart. That open heart that just says, God, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. And then, and then God has open reign. You know, you see this in John the Baptist's ministry. You see that. When he comes into the world he comes into this world preaching the gospel of the kingdom and he's preparing the way of the Lord and he's laying the axe to the root of the tree I mean it was a rough and tumble ministry and when people came to hear him you know Jesus said what did you go out to see did you go see somebody clothed in soft raiment well you went to the wrong place what did you go out to see? Somebody's going to speak words that you wanted to hear that were uh, soothing to you and, and catered to all your little preferences and, 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 and was so careful about your little pet peeve. Well, you went to the wrong place because John the Baptist preached without fear and without favor. And he broke up that fallow ground and he put the word down deep into their soul and he pounded away at the fallow ground and he, he, just, he just chopped away until their hearts were ready for Jesus to enter the picture. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so when that seed begins to be laid into good ground, it can take root. It can take root. Now notice... Notice what verse 31 of Matthew chapter 13 says. Remember, we talked about faith as the grain of a mustard seed. That, that if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, it'll move the mountains. Okay, the immovable objects, the immovable objects. The immovable objects like fear. Fear that has been with you for decades. Anxieties, worries, doubts, lusts. Immovable objects, things that you have given up believing, addictions, giving up. I can't move these, but faith can move those mountains. You don't understand how deeply rooted it is, Pastor. It goes deep into my childhood. It goes deep into my relationships, deep faith can go down into those deep corridors and attack those roots and, and, and cause them to, to be loosened from their, from their anchor and remove them. And that whole thing can be plucked up out of your life and cast into the sea along with your sins. Faith can do that. If you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, Matthew 13, verse 31, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. I love that. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof that's that fruitfulness that I'm describing 
where you can literally be such an edifying force in the lives of those around you. Oh, it starts out as the least of all seeds, just a grain of a mustard seed. But when it is grown, hallelujah, let your faith grow. It's designed to grow. It's designed to grow. It'll grow up into a mighty tree, and it'll spread itself out like branches. Do you know I've had people in my life, and you've had people in your life, and, and we've had people in the kingdom of God whose faith grew like strong, mighty branches, and we didn't even realize it, but, but we were sustained by the powers of their faith for a little while. When we were weak in the faith, the strength of their faith encouraged us when we will weaken the faith. And that's why the body of Christ is so important. And it's important to pray together. And it's important to interact with one another. And it's important to worship with one another. And it's important not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so much the more as the day is approaching. Because even right now, there are people who might be weak in the faith in this building. And there might be people who are strong in the faith. And God puts us together so that we can encourage one another and edify one another and build one another up until we all come into the unity of the faith. Hallelujah. And so those who are weak in the faith, you will be strengthened if you continue at it. Keep receiving the word and praying over it and understanding it and say God help me to understand this God help me to see this he will open the eyes of your spirit the eyes of your spirit will be opened you will be enlightened he will reveal to you the deep things of God and you will be powerful and strong and mighty and able hallelujah to overcome the wicked one who comes against you praise the Lord I want to read one final passage before we go tonight from the book of Hebrews from the book of Hebrews and the third chapter. The book of Hebrews and the third chapter. And we're going to read verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, exhort one another daily, every day. Hallelujah. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Oh, sin is deceitful. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Verse 1 of chapter 4. Let us therefore fear. Lest a promise. Being left us. Of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached. As well as unto them. So let me just real quick pause. And say. He's describing when the children of Israel. Would not go into the promised land. Because of unbelief. It was God's promise. It was God's will. It was God's destiny. It was, it was, it was tailor-made. It was custom-made. Their enemies were subdued before them. But because they had unbelief in their hearts, they staggered at the promise and they refused to believe. And so it is perfectly possible. Now we, can talk about, we can talk about God's will all we want. But unless you're saying, not my will, but thy will be done. Unless that's the real desire of your heart, you could completely miss the will of God. Because you know what? It's the will of God that no man should perish. And there's going to be folks perish because God will not impose his will, cannot impose his will upon the will of another. 
to force them into his promises. It's a legal matter. It is a legal matter. When I say will, I mean like the, kind, the document that you have authority over. It is a legal matter. And God would be criminal if he were to force his will upon yours. And God is just. And God is true. And God is not criminal. So, so God cannot force his will. So unless you're saying, Lord, not my will but thy will be done. Unless you're living, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Unless you're believing, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Then your will can be the driving factor in your life. And you could miss out completely upon the promises of God. Verse number 2 of chapter 4. We're going to read it again. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. So he's saying, you know how you've received the message of God's salvation, you received it just like they received the message of the promised land. You've received the promise of forgiveness of sins, the promise of the gift of the Holy Ghost. You've received the promises of God, but you could miss out on it due to unbelief the same way they missed out on it due to unbelief. And notice this in verse 2. The gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them but the word preached did not profit them. So how can you hear the word and it not help you at all? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So there is a way. That you can hear the message that God intends to take you to an old-fashioned altar. And walk right out and leave it sitting by the wayside. There is, an, there is a way that you can walk in and hear what thus saith the Lord. And, and he, in all of his divine providence, in all of his divine ordination, has designed for you to receive his holy word. And you could still be lost. If you don't mix the word with faith. Lord give us faith. And let it be a fruit in us. And let us be fruitful with it. Let's lift up our hands unto the Lord right now. And ask God to be hallelujah what he promised he can be to us. Come on that's it. Don't let any promise be left. Don't let any promise be left of you. Come on that's it in the name of Jesus. Lord I need your promises in my life. I need your promises in my life. I need your promises in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you believe that God is able? Come on, praise him if you believe that he's able. Hallelujah. Do you believe that God is love? Praise him if you believe God is love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe that he has the power? Do you believe that he is a merciful God? Then praise him right now. This is what he promises us. This is what he promises us. Go ahead and lift your praises unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your praises unto the Lord. Lift your praises unto the Lord. Lift your praises unto the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet tonight. I want to say what I've shared with you tonight is that the Word of God is designed to enter your spirit. What you've heard tonight is designed to enter your spirit as a seed. And then you are to take it and mix it with faith. And say, I believe that when I praise the Lord and pray to God and repent and am clean before Him and, and make myself bare before Him, that the Word will, 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 will flourish in my spirit. I believe He will make me more like Him. I believe that He will cause goodness to grow in me. I believe, I just heard somebody, I just heard somebody say this. I'd never heard this and I loved it. They felt convicted over using the phrase, oh my goodness. They felt convicted over it. I said, well, I'm interested to know, you know, the premise behind that. They said, because they kind of felt the Lord just whisper to them, what goodness of yours? 
That made sense to me. I almost said, oh, my goodness, I had to catch myself. I never thought of it that way. I don't have any goodness in me. I I want to be good. But there is none good but God. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. I want to be a good pastor. I want to be a good man. I want to be good. I want to be good. I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But there is none good but God. But I'm going to tell you something. If you let this word get into your spirit and you'll pray over it and you'll mix it with faith believing, goodness will grow in you and peace will grow in you and love will grow in you and faith will grow in you. be the mountain mover many of you already you didn't think of it this way but many of you are already the mountain movers in your family that's why they call on you to pray because they know they need the mountain movers to come in we know who to call on to pray we know who to call on to pray because this sycamine tree is so deeply rooted and it's, it, the roots are getting into all kinds of other forms of construction and it's really causing infrastructural problems in our home and in our families and in our minds and in our relationships. I know who to call. I'll call the folks with the faith to unpluck the sycamine tree and move the mountains. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our praises to Him right now. Do you want to be that person? Do you want to be that man of God, that woman of God? Is that who you want to be? Come on. Let Him make you into His image right now. Let Him make you into His image right now. Come on, let Him make you into His image right now. We're going to sing and praise the Lord for just a moment here. I invite you right now all over this building to just let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you. Come on, the Word has gone forth. Now let the seed be, hallelujah, be saturated by His presence. Now let the seed be saturated by His presence. Hallelujah. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Oh, hallelujah. And I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I'm away. 